Hi, welcome back to Rock Talk with Dr. Cropper. Today is episode 30, and it will probably be a shorter episode. What I'm going to be doing is unveiling a little theory that I concocted about two months ago when I was brainstorming ideas for season two, and I started kicking around the idea of an episode comparing the Grateful Dead and Fish, since that's a topic that seems to come up a fair bit, and I think there's some interesting ground to cover there, and we may still get to that episode in the second half of the year, but that thought process got me thinking about the best way to articulate the differences between them, and I stumbled upon the theory that we are going to discuss today. So what occurred to me was that there are four main ways that music appeals to us or captures our attention physically or kinesthetically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually or intuitively, and that each band or artist's combination of those four elements is a big part of what differentiates them from other artists that have a different mix. Furthermore, you can certainly see a connection between each of the four styles of appeal and certain cognitive functions or dichotomies within the Myers-Briggs personality type system, and I suspect that there is a correlation between personality type and which type of musical appeal you prefer. So I wanted to introduce the theory to you here this week, since I had a week without anything date-related to discuss, so that you have some familiarity with it, and then I can reference it as we go along throughout the year, and we can kind of flesh it out further together as we go along. So without further ado, one of the shortest introductory sections we've had on here in a while, let's dive right into my little pet theory. So the first way I mentioned that I think music can appeal to us is physically or kinesthetically, and that's making an appeal to our body. This appeal is typically expressed and achieved instrumentally and vocally, not so much lyrically, but there are exceptions. When the lyrics appeal to the body, it's often a case of onomatopoeia with a word like jump or run or fight and the vocal delivery and instrumentation uh, matching the verb in question. And I think you could also make a case that overtly sexual lyrics could fall under this category. Most of us are quite familiar with this form of appeal that music can have. I think it's one of the more obvious ones. Basically, music that makes you move. It invokes a a visceral, even primal reaction in the listener, and it's often energetic and faster-paced, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, More relaxing stuff, like a lot of reggae, could fall under this category as well. Music that appeals to the body is often bombastic, but doesn't have to be. Basically, any music that you would listen to while you're working out or going for a run or doing some particularly strenuous physical activity more than likely is making an appeal to your body on some level and would thus fall under this category. And I should have mentioned this before we dove into it, but once I explain it, I'll give you several examples of where 
popular artists would fall on this scale to give you a better picture. So moving on to the second way that music can appeal to us, and that is mentally or intellectually appealing to our mind. This type of appeal can be expressed through complex or high-minded lyrics or through instrumental factors such as unusual time signatures or keys or unusual key changes, difficult parts to play, or complex arrangements, or also through ambitious concepts, especially concept albums where you have an idea being intricately woven throughout multiple songs. Uh, a lot of prog rock makes this sort of appeal. The instrumental expressions of this appeal are often lost on non-musicians to some extent. Uh, they can probably tell that something complicated is happening, but they may not fully appreciate what makes it difficult or why it's impressive. I find that artists who specialize in this type of appeal tend to have the snobbiest fans. They, th there seems to be a tendency for them to view music that doesn't deal heavily in this realm as lowbrow by comparison, and I'm not sure if that's necessarily fair. I don't have any science behind this theory, by the way, or any research to substantiate it. I just kind of dreamt it up and thought I'd put it out there and see what you all think. So I could be totally off base or I could be onto something. You guys let me know. Okay, so moving on to the third way that music can appeal to us then, and that is emotionally or appeal to our soul. This one is perhaps the most obvious way that music appeals to us, uh, it makes us feel a certain way. This can be expressed lyrically, vocally, or instrumentally. It goes far beyond the obvious love songs. You know, you can have sad songs, angry songs, melancholic songs, happy-go-lucky songs, not sure what to feel songs, sexual but not so romantic songs. As I said, you could argue that's a bit more of a kinesthetic appeal, but you get the picture. There's many different emotions that songs can deal with. And in a way, all music falls under this category to the extent that on some level, we either like or dislike everything that we hear. And then the fourth way that music can appeal to us is spiritually or intuitively appealing to our spirit being. I'm not entirely convinced that the spiritual and intuitive thing aren't two separate entities or types of appeals, but four is a cleaner number than five, and elegant, if I may say so myself, theories like this are almost always four. This could be overtly religious music or anything that's kind of ethereal and mysterious. And this can most definitely be expressed lyrically, vocally, or instrumentally as well. By the way, when I say lyrically and vocally, the distinction there is, you know, lyrically is just what the words are, and they would have the same effect reading them off a sheet of paper, versus vocally, meaning the way in which they're sung and presented. And as far as the correlation between these four aspects and the Myers-Briggs personality types, as I alluded to earlier, the physical body appeal 
would be related to sensing. The mental appeal would be related to thinking. The emotional appeal would be related to feeling. And the spiritual or intuitive appeal would be related to intuition. So I'm sure none of that is too surprising to you. So now let's get into some examples, which is where I think the theory will really come to life and you'll start to be able to see what I mean a little bit better. It's hard to think of artists that deal primarily in only one of these areas, at least not very successful ones, and I suspect that's why I'm sure there are artists who all of their songs pretty much deal exclusively in only targeting one of these areas, and that's a part of why they never make it to uh, the next level or make it big, quote-unquote, assuming they had the requisite uh, technical abilities on their instruments. So let's start with ACDC. I think they're a band who deal almost exclusively with the physical and emotional appeals to their listeners. I can't think of really any ACDC song that has made me think terribly deeply or made me feel connected to or curious about something uh, beyond what's observable through the five senses or you know might exist outside our earthly realm and i mean that as no disrespect to them i'm a huge acdc fan seeing them in concert look forward to doing so again but uh that's their mo and their niche they focus pretty exclusively on the physical and the emotional and some might argue that uh, the emotional is in a a bit of a bastardized form uh focusing pretty narrowly on the the sexual side of things which as i mentioned you could argue uh falls more under the physical appeal anyway which is why i mentioned them first they might be the biggest one i can think of that you could argue is pretty close to being exclusively in one of these types of appeals the rolling stones i think they are physical and emotional primarily and certainly a more refined version of the emotional side of things. But they do mix in the mental and the spiritual every now and then. Fish, I would say, are fairly exclusively physical and mental. And it's interesting because kind of similar to the uh, the style of emotion with ACDC, Fish's version of the mental sort of appeal is a very light, jovial, you might even say juvenile version of it. As far as the lyrics, the mental aspect of the instrumentation and their technical chops and all of that is very high, but there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek absurdity to their lyrics that can seem wise in the right mental state and then when you come out of it you think what the hell and then of course with the bodily appeal with fish their music is very energetic 
And in their case, they occasionally do touch on the emotional and spiritual side or get a bit more serious with the mental side. The Who involve the physical, mental, and emotional sides fairly extensively, but are pretty neglectful of the spiritual side, I would say. Pink Floyd deal with the mental and spiritual sides heavily, the emotional side a bit less so, and the physical side least of the four, but not never. Sorry for the double negative there. The Beach Boys deal heavily with the physical and emotional side and started dealing with the spiritual side a significant amount, uh, beginning with the Pet Sounds era. They probably deal with the mental side of things the least, but it's not like they never did. And not surprisingly, Good Vibrations, which many people would consider to be their best song, plays strongly and cohesively to all four of the types of appeals. And I think that's probably true for many of the truly classic among classics type songs that they appeal to us in all four of the possible ways at once. And that's what makes them really hit that next level. Bob Dylan deals quite extensively with the mental, emotional, and spiritual sides, but almost completely neglects the physical side. I can't think of a time that I would ever listen to Bob Dylan while working out. The most physical I get while listening to him is a pensive, lonely walk. The Doors are closer to using all four, even if they don't do all four of them simultaneously. I would say the mental side might be the one that they utilize the least, but they still have a lot of stuff that makes you think, so I'm not so sure about that. The Beatles have numerous quality examples of all four ways that music can appeal to us, but not many of them using all four simultaneously. They're an interesting case because their early years, the Beatlemania period, they focused almost exclusively on the emotional side and to a slightly lesser extent, the physical side. And then in their middle years, they focused quite heavily on the mental and spiritual side. And then with the White Album, they had several instances of all four of them on that album. And finally, with Abbey Road, they had probably their most balanced and integrated mix of the four. Led Zeppelin also have numerous examples of all four of the ways music can appeal to us. And I think they have slightly more examples of strongly incorporating all four at the same time. And perhaps not surprisingly, they're many of their biggest songs. Dazed and Confused, Stairway to Heaven, No Quarter, Cashmere, and Achilles' Last Stand would spring to mind first for me as far as ones that incorporate all four. And then the last example I will give is The Grateful Dead. I think they're the best example of an artist that consistently uses all four of the ways music can appeal to us, and often simultaneously. I think they're the only ones who really found that magic formula to that extent, and I'd say that's the hidden key to their genius. 
Perhaps it's not surprising that the group most prominently associated with psychedelics found the magic formula to integrating all of the ways. And I will say that sometimes you do come across music that doesn't make a particularly strong push on any of these four fronts, and it just ends up kind of being there and not having an impact one way or another. Uh, you know, think of elevator music or Muzak, and I, I really can't think of anything worse as a musician than to hear that your music doesn't have any impact whatsoever. You, know, you would prefer that somebody hears it and hates it because at least it means you made some headway in one direction or another because it's eliciting a reaction. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. I told you it would be a short one. I just wanted to get this theory out to you and have it percolating in your minds as it is in mine and then we can flesh it out further as we go this season and I can refer back to it as we come across different artists. So I will quickly run through the usual wrap-up announcements and then send you on your way for the weekend. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I'm now selling Rock Talk with Dr. Cropper t-shirts for $40 Canadian or two for 70. So feel free to reach out to me if you'd like one of those and I would be happy to get one to you. You can email me rocktalk.dr.cropper at gmail.com or you can send me a message on Instagram at rocktalk.dr.cropper and feel free to follow while you're there or on Facebook, Rock Talk with Dr. Cropper, and feel free to like the page while you're there. And if you feel so inclined to leave a rating and review on the streaming platform that you use, that would be most appreciated. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. For the loyal listeners, thanks for sticking with the show. And if you are new here, welcome, and I hope you enjoy it. Next week, I'm going to bring my friend Graydon Dennison back on the show, and we are going to compare drummers to NFL quarterbacks to coincide with Super Bowl 55. So have a great weekend, and I will see you then. Class dismissed.